0: Welcome to another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. It, things are picking up at this point. The Jaguars have officially started off-season workouts. The team is kind of back together, getting some of that, uh, I guess, lifting in some culture yeah. building this time of year, which is good, especially because uh, things get quiet at some point. So it's it's always fun to give it a little of something extra. Right? You know, it, you
1: were you were there last week when the Jaguars opened off-season. Just how cool it was to see. Trevor back in talking about a new year, how things were Mm -hmm. stable and familiar with him. Then we got to see Calvin Ridley coming in and shake hands with everybody in the the media access room. And it was just really cool to see Calvin's, uh, uh, to see him in person and to hear his take on his time away. And really felt like he could be an excellent receiver, a 1400 yard a season receiver, which if that's the case, that would be the second highest total in franchise history. Tied for number two with Allen Robinson, only behind Jimmy Smith. So uh, that's some pretty lofty expectations for Calvin Ridley, but he seems ready to fulfill those. I am a 1,400-yard type of player. Guy is going to determine what type of stats I am going to have. And, you know, football is not just... You know, football is serious. I mean, you don't just play 17 games straight and think you're going to be in every one of them and playing healthy in all of them. So what I'm saying is I am a 1,400-yard receiver with a broke foot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sure. That's what I'm saying. So I know that I can make the plays and I know that I'm one of the better receivers in this league. That's what I'm saying.
0: I think Ridley was definitely the most eager of anybody on the Jaguars roster just to get back to football. It's not often that you hear a guy say that he misses the smell of a locker room. I know it's the NFL and the locker room doesn't smell as bad as like a high school locker room, but it still don't smell great. So he really wanted to get back to football. I'm just saying. You rarely hear somebody say that one. Um, No, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be able to bring something to the team. He's definitely the biggest offseason addition. Uh, He's a guy who's focused and he's going to try and prove a lot of people wrong. If he does, that's very good for the Jaguars, um, at least as far as what the future could hold for them. Um, and you know what, if he hits 1,400 yards, you get 1,000 from Christian Kirk, you get uh, like 800 from Evan Ingram, Trevor Lawrence is going to be in like some MVP conversations at yeah. that point, because everybody's getting yards left and right, and he's got to be slinging it. So that'd be good, for all, good all around.
1: Everywhere. <laughs> you know, and again, just what he brings, it, we've talked about this before, the unknown with Calvin Ridley is big, because yeah. again, he's not played a football game in almost two years, and that's... You know, there's something to be said about the the ring rust or the field rust in that situation. So, you know, you could look at it that way. They didn't play for two years, but Calvin said uh, what it did for him mentally, what it did for him physically, Mm -hmm. allowed him to heal and restore and recover from, you know, a lot of significant injuries, you know, physical injuries as well, but the mental ones as well, which he initially took time off for from the Falcons to, to get away and recharge from that. So... Yes, the time away is, is a little worrisome because we don't know what he's going to be. Sure. We don't have that to, to kind of look back and say, oh, he was a 1,000-year receiver last year. You know, Calvin Ridley is a little bit of an, an, an enigma and an unknown right now, right. but it's a good problem to have. I think he's going to be highly motivated. I think throwing with Trevor and seeing what he's got to work with on that, uh, that field, going to be the best group of pro receivers he's played with. I think it's gonna be awesome to have Calvin in Lake Jacksonville.
0: He said why can't he knows he's gotten wiser, why can't he be stronger and faster coming back too? So he's just gonna to have to show some of those things. He did mention that he's dealing with some of the muscle tightness night mm-hmm. tightness already from some of the workouts that they've got going on, but uh, we'll get a, get a chance to get a look at him a little bit later on in the offseason as he continues to work out with some of the guys. Trevor Lawrence did yeah. mention that he's been impressed with what he's seen from Ridley so far, and Foyer Oluokin, who's a former Falcons teammate, gave him a big cosign. So, so far, all the receipts are good. Uh, the other thing that's going on with the Jaguars is we're counting down to the NFL draft. Uh, I'm a nick, so I like the NFL draft, kind of one of my times a year. Trent Baalke mentioned that... He has three players that he really has his eye on from when the Jaguars are on the clock. They have the 24th overall pick this year. Instead of the first overall, and I think they're, that's a happy change. I, I can almost guarantee Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson are going to enjoy watching the Texans and, and the Panthers deal with all the drama up there at the top of the draft and say, we'll just wait and hope one of our three guys falls to us.
1: I know last year when we were doing pre-draft luncheon, the question was asked about you know next year, and Trent said, being this year, yeah, if we're <laughs> picking number one next year, it's going to be somebody else making that pick, yeah. so a credit to Trent and Doug for turning that thing up. Hey, That, that, that was that, foresight. Is right yeah, there. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, though, that Trent has really kind of uh, rolled with the punches in this, and he's really regained some credibility in the eyes of a lot of people. After his last drafts and uh, the free agency hall last year,
0: his drafts have come out really well. They they they've they have had a lot of hits, some fines along the way. We'll see what they have in store this year. So one of the things that he's mentioned leading up to the drafts, they have like three guys um, that they really think will be available. That they they hope are in that range. Now that doesn't mean that someone something couldn't happen and a right. player a top ranked player slides to them and he's not right. one of those three, but. We kind of there, it created some discussion about who you think those three players are. Um, for me, I kind of narrowed it. I think it's uh, safety Brian Brant from Alabama. I think it's Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, and Nolan Smith, the pass from Georgia. That's who my swing at the three are. I think, I think those three make sense. They've all visited the Jaguars. They've all talked to
1: the Jaguars, and they would all fit needs on the team. Right, and, so. and uh, two of those I agree with, and I think I could – even expand on that. I think Miles Murphy could be a guy. If uh, he's there. But my but my three would be Osiris Torrance, Brian Branch and my third one Deontay Smith. Deontay hey Banks. Deontay Banks, Banks not Deontay Banks. Smith. Banks. No, I'm go. thinking Noan Smith. I don't think Nolan Smith's <laughs> going to be there at 24. I, that. I, no. do jump at Noan Smith, if he was
0: there. That was the problem. Like, I was talking to Frank Frangi yesterday, and we'll go through it. We've each got a mock draft, we'll go through here in a second. And one of the things that he brought up is he really thinks that the Jaguars need to improve edge, and that in my mock draft, spoiler alert, there's not an edge very right. early on in it. And I, I said, Frank, I think you're 100% right, but I. There's got to be one that's valued there. If yeah. Miles Murphy falls to 24, take him. Run the pick in. I don't think he's going to be there. If Nolan Smith falls to 24, take him. Run the pick in. Right. I don't think he's going to be there either. And those are things that create problems because pass rushers are always heavily valued. Both of those guys are insane athletes. Right. And when you look at it and you say, look at the draft history. A guy who's an insane athlete at a position of need and a position that's yeah. overall pretty weak in the draft. Generally, those guys right. are gone.
1: They, then it's just Lucas, how it works. Lucas Vaness well. Van is another. i when ESPN had him mocked to Jacksonville a couple weeks ago at number mm-hmm. 24, every mock you see, Lucas Vaness is nowhere to. You know, he's going at between eight and 15 right. in mock drafts. He's not there. So I do think that uh, if a situation like that happens, where you've got a guy, it happens every year. You've got a guy who's a green room kind of guy, and he ends up dropping right. to the you know the 15s to 20s where you're not expecting him to fall. So. That will happen this year. It's a question if if a guy like a, you know, if a a Nolan Smith kind of character, a Lucas Van Ness, ends up falling that far. We thought early on it could be a Jalen Carter after his legal troubles. Uh, he may have dropped from that top three kind of top five area, and he still may drop a little bit, but yeah. he's not going to fall out of the top. 10.
0: No, I think Nolan Smith out of the like top pass rushers has the best chance to fall just because he's so small. He didn't have a ton of college production, but he's an insane athlete, so he could still go very. Early. I think Miles Murphy is too big, mm-hmm. too strong, too fast. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you say the same thing about Lucas Van Dess. too big, too strong, too fast. Those guys, some teams are going to sell themselves on this guy yeah. and take them very early on, at least in the team. Yep. So, I, I think we've kind of gone into the, the weeds on the pass rushers enough. All right, let's start with uh, 24. Do you want to give your first round pick 1st let, let you. want me to go first? All right. <laughs> I've got one of my three. I went with safety Brian Branch from Alabama at 24 for the Jaguars, um, and to me, it was a simple pick. He's on the board. He fits a big need, but more than that, I think he fits the culture. Um, Brian Branch is a smart player, loves football, played for Nick Saban, and one thing that Nick Saban, if you know about him, loves defensive backs. A lot of his defensive backs are going to have good careers in the NFL. Brian Branch played just about every position for him in that secondary, played a ton of snaps early on and throughout his career. Yep. Saban entrusted a lot of his defense to him. This is a guy that knows ball. He would bring a smart player who loves football to this defense. And he just so happens... He fits the biggest position of need to me on the defense, which is a nickel slot defender. Eventually, maybe they move him out to safety, but he gives them a bunch of flexibility day one, where now all of a sudden that three safety lineup that we saw right. at times late in the season, where it was Andre Cisco, Rayshon Jenkins, and Dewey. Now it's Andre Cisco, Rayshon Jenkins, and Brian Branch. Right. And so now that's, that you don't lose as much when you say, okay, this can be strong against the run because we've got three safeties. But... Brian Branch can also cover their slot guy, so it's also strong against the pass. So I think he would be a big upgrade. He's my guy at twenty-four.
1: Okay, interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in that area, but I'm gonna switch the pick. And this guy, I don't know if he will be there at twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Mentioned him a minute ago, Deontay Banks of Maryland, a cornerback. He reminds me of, in a sense, a little bit of Tyson Campbell. Didn't have that immense exceptional production sure. at in his final season in college tyson at georgia when he was picked you know you're scratching your head since this guy didn't pick off pass he's, he's what, what what are they doing what are they taking him and tyson campbell has turned into the best guy on jacksonville in their secondary yeah. um so deontay banks to me he's one of the top five corners i mean i think pretty consensus uh, in this draft again it fills a need their nickel cornerback spot to me i mean even mm-hmm. though you got trey Herndon there that's a vacancy that needs to be addressed because how often in the NFL are you playing with, you know, against five five receiver sets. So right. you've got to get there. That nickel coverage is so important in today's NFL. And I you know, I would take Deontay Banks over Brian Branch. I you know Brian a good college career, and I think people had some problems with how he tested the combine, didn't have great off season kind of stuff where the, you know, the underwear games, underwear Olympics, they kinda kinda say, um, but you know, Deontay Banks, to me, is a guy that could fit that nickel position. And, yeah, you know, I like other guys. I like Tyree Wilson. I, I love Noel Smith. Be, yeah. Lucas Van Ness. But in the mock simulator that I ran for this, all those guys were gone. Yeah. Branch was also gone in that mock draft yeah, as well. Bar- for a, for Branch may go way.
0: earlier. All the pass rushers more than likely will be gone. My only thing with Banks, I really like him. I'm not sure that he's going to be on the board either know, just yeah. because he's so big, so Agreed. fast, um, very good cornerback. My only thing that kind of has shied me away from him at times is in his career at Maryland, he played almost exclusively on the outside. So to me, the biggest problem that the Jaguars had last season where all of a sudden the defense found its way late in the year is because they put Darius Williams on the outside and not in the slot where he played early Mm -hmm. on in the season. If you draft a guy like Banks, which if you think back to the Tyson Campbell pick who Mm -hmm. you compared him to, they drafted Tyson Campbell and they trotted in and said, Tyson Campbell's going to be our nickel. (laughs) We're going to play him in the slot. And then they got to training camp and realized that wasn't going to work. He was, so he was bad. If they get into that situation with a guy who's played very exclusively on the outside, the Jaguars would be sitting there like, oh, my God, what have we done? And now you've got Banks and Campbell who both need to play outside. And I think they could be an exceptional mm-hmm. book in tandem there. So I'm not like against the pick. But you just have to put Darius Williams back in the slot, which then puts the defense back in the conundrum that it was in last year because they figured out Williams's best position wasn't there. That's my. Only, but I love Banks as a player. I think he's going to be gone. I, I think so. I, if he gets past like a Green Bay, I'd be surprised. Big fast was shut down in maryland uh he would be a good pick i I would i I could get with that pick for sure Uh, the one thing all right so let's move to the second round the one thing that i kind of wanted to balance as i've kind of gone through this draft process as well i want to invest resources into fixing the defense I don't want to put too much away from the offense because when you have a a young quarterback and hopefully a generational quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, ultimately you never want to just keep investing defense, defense, defense. So with the second-round pick, I went offensive line. I went Matthew Bergeron, a tackle from Syracuse. Um, He's played both tackle spots in his collegiate career and could easily play some guard. So all of a sudden, people like I passed on Osiris Torrance. Bergeron gives them a ton of flexibility there where he can – Compete with Walker Little for that right tackle job. If Cam Robinson leaves in a year and they move Walker over or they want to have Bergeron compete for that job, all of a sudden now you have chess pieces that can move around. He's very well thought of. He's a great run blocker. Still has some fine-tuning he can do in the pass game. But he helps to ease the void of losing Mm -hmm. Jawan Taylor. And this pick is actually in the same vein as picking Walker Little a couple of years ago. Solve a problem with a good player
1: before it becomes a problem. Right, and that's... that's I think with with some of my picks i try to do the same as well because we've talked here many times before about having an eye towards the future yeah. as well because again you saw like the juwan taylor incident it's perfect you draft a guy in the second round you develop him you know ideally you would have been able to sign him to that second uh, second big contract but right it did not That's did not occur because yeah. juwan got paid and jaguars were in a little financial situation but that is a perfect situation you draft a guy and Jawan came in and, and played and his role and got better mm-hmm. and better and better. Had his ba- uh, best season when, in a contract year, which is, which is great. But I think you've got to plan for that future. Again, you're looking at a Cam Robinson situation. Right. Which is, you know, he could be expendable starting as early as next year. Mm-hmm. Some cap savings. So, in a sense, it's the same situation as a Walker Little thing. Where you right. draft Walker and he's not ready his first year to play. He's still not ready that second year to get in and, and play. But you know he's ready this year. So that's a, that's a a good one there. Yeah. So I, I went a little bit different okay. um, with the, the second pick at Michael number 56. <laughs> I did not. Michael Mayer was off the board. <laughs> off so the- so oh, I, 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 unfortunately, and Osiris Torrance is off the board in this okay. one as well. I liked him. Uh, but this one, I'm, I'm giving that edge rush help. Okay. I agree with Frank Frangi where you can't wait too long to address that need. No, it's it's me, 100%. It's, it's 1A, 1B, 1C in terms of uh, the, the pass rush help, the cornerback help uh and that tight end help. so to me the value wasn't there in the first round with all the that edge rush rush on the edge rushers Mm -hmm. um so my second pick at 56 Derek hall from auburn um he had seven sacks last season 12 tackles for loss he's a guy that may not be there as well but Mm -hmm. i like that um and and we kind of talk about the looking ahead situation where Josh Allen may not be here next year. He's right. in his fifth-year option. He's going to get paid, whether it's by Jacksonville or someone else. And he's been a little underwhelming, a little inconsistent in his career. So would it surprise me to see Josh Allen gone next year if he has just an okay kind of season? No. And that's where Derek Hall kind of picked, where you're looking with an eye now and then an eye to the future. I right. think Derek Hall is that guy, you know, I thought about the uh, Mr. Ajalari there from LSU. and know Jamal's I of, like B.J. And, and, I do like B.J. An LSU guy, but I can't get over the Calevon chase on. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the,
0: that's the fair. That's right fair. There. Hey, he's so. still on the
1: roster, too. He's still on the roster. You know, so Derek I, Hall's my guy in the second round.
0: I like Derek Hall. He had a, a, a great week at the Senior Bowl. He should be able to provide some immediate help there on the edge. Um, he would. De- he would definitely be a solid pick. I can't argue too heartily against that because I do like Derek Hall as a player. If he's on the board, he definitely should be in consideration for the pick. Um, the only thing, that I, when you were listing off the weaknesses, I'd put offensive line in the mix for that, and only because in the pre-draft luncheon, Trent Bulkey also slipped in that Ben Bartch may not be right. ready for training camp. So where is that injury at? And if he's not ready, one thing you knew from late in the season, they have no depth at guard. Right. So... Uh, getting some offensive line depth is almost imperative because if Barch can't go and you're back to looking at Shatley as a starter, which is fine. Shatley was serviceable late right. in the year. You're one injury away from him or Brandon yep. Sheriff, who Sheriff has had his fair share of injuries of putting guys on the field that did not play well last year, to put, put it very nicely, uh, ended up getting pancaked and things like that. No, they, they have to get some guard depth so someone that can come in and at least compete just in case. Ben Bartsch is not physically and, ready to You know, go. and
1: I like those Cyrus Torrance. Yeah. Oh, um, no, that, and that's and, the
0: only thing. That's the thing, because uh, for me, he's probably a first-round pick if the Jags are going to get him. And I don't necessarily want to put value for a guard there, because I think you can get some of those guys right. in the middle rounds of the draft. But he would be a huge upgrade he on would, the offensive yeah. line. He's at, probably going to be a guy that's going to be a pro bowler multiple years in his at, career. At
1: 24 to me, that that may seem, a, that still may be a little bit high. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you're going first round of Torrance I wouldn't mind trading down a couple spots picking up an extra day two day three draft pick and getting O Torrance and some Man, of the no mocks trades I've, in these mocks We're not, yeah, I know, you know I know no, no, I, straight picks I've, I've seen you know I've <laughs> seen quite a few mocks where they don't have Osiris Torrance in that first yeah. round he's in that top of the second round and the first 15 picks of the second round so again if you're Jacksonville and you're sitting there on day two and Osiris Torrance is still on the board at pick 33 or 34 him. you go up and get you, you got to even you know consider going up and and investing in that position because guard is, to me, guard is more of a need than tackle. You just, you don't see a lot of first round guards uh, that, Again, that's a running back kind of situation. Right. take those guards, latter half of the first round, uh, tail in the first round, second round kind of pick.
0: So many of those interior offensive linemen, you end up finding them uh, on day two and day mm-hmm. three in their instant starters. So that's what's kind of hurt the value there. All right, moving to the third round. I went with Sam Laporta, a tight end from Iowa. I wanted to address some of the depth there. Laporta's been a high-volume player at Iowa. Um, he was like the focal point of their passing right. attack. So if for whatever reason Evan Ingram got hurt, If Evan Ingram moves on in a year, Laporta is the natural uh, next guy up. He also plays in some of those two tight end sets. He's an okay run blocker. I think once he's not the focal point of the passing game, he'll be able to improve that a little bit more. But uh, he would give them a second tight end, which that tight end room is barren. You've got Evan Ingram, then you got who? Garrett Prince and oh
1: my God, Garrett Prince, Luke Farrell. Farrell, But
0: uh, you you bring in a Sam Laporta, who's a guy. Hey, Iowa does have a history with tight ends too, so that helps. But uh, I, I like Laporta as a pass catcher. I think he's able to bring something to the table for the Jaguars right. and help build out that offensive, or not offensive, the tight end room.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally on board with Jamal's pick. Here. it's the same guy I've got going. You know, tight end depth in this draft is, uh, I've heard it say. You know, I've read even on ESPN that this could be the best and deepest tight end class ever in draft history. I believe it. With yeah. the depth of this draft, and you know, that's what kind of almost. Swayed me from taking a Michael Mayer. Took some swing uh, in that first round um, (laughs) because of the depth and the ability to find a guy. Sam Laporta, you've been on Sam Laporta train for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Um, If Jacksonville did not go... Tied in with this, with number 88. I do like Gervon Dexter. I like Andre Carter II yep. and uh, Keanu Benton in that range. Um, questions on Andre Carter? I think he's kind of a tweener as an edge guy. I think he needs to add some significant weight. He's more of a developmental guy. His- Gervon is more of that plug and play defensive line guy where you can get him up to speed a little bit quicker. I think he's got mm-hmm. more of an NFL body. Same thing with Keanu Benton. Uh, but I do like Samuel Laporte at number three.
0: I think Carter is going to end up – he has the height and length that bulky loves on an edge player. Problem is he's like a, you. a – I'd almost say he's like a Jordan Smith prospect where Jordan Smith, when they drafted him, they knew he needed to put weight on. But the problem is Carter's probably going to go – what, Smith was a fourth, fifth-round pick yep. a couple years back. Um, and now, you know, a couple years later, we're going to see if he can contribute. Same thing with Andre Carter. It's going to be if whoever drafts him, two years later, before this dude's able to contribute, yeah. he's he's thin. I, at some point, I think he has the frame to put on weight, but he needs to do it, and that's the hard
1: part. Trent um, Baalke loves edge rushers. He, he does loves, he not does. as much on the defensive tackle. Uh, in his uh, drafting career with the Niners mm-hmm. and Jags, he's taken twelve defensive line players. 10 of those have been edge rushers. So 10 have been edge rushers. You, you two have draft been
0: what you can't afford to sign. Yeah. And, and, and you can't, young edge rushers, even if they're just mediocre, get huge deals. So it just makes sense to draft them. You stockpile them where you can. If a guy's there, you go there because yep. you can't afford them. Yep. Nobody can. Not if you're good. Um, okay. And with that in mind, that's when I finally get to an edge rusher <laughs> in the fourth round, which is like, what am I doing? But uh, at 121, I go Byron Young from Tennessee. And my mock draft, this is the one guy that I was like, I'm not sure he's still going to be on the board at this point. But as a rookie, he's going to be 25 years old. So I think some teams will be shied away, He's still a little raw. So there's going to be something to push teams away, but this is a guy that again, fits the culture that the jaguars want to build he loves him some football dude came out of high school didn't have the offers he wanted Mm -hmm. was working at like a dollar tree or dollar general or something saw a flyer for the georgia military school football team went tried out plays there at juco ends up going to university of tennessee had like seven sacks last season i mean he's been a he's an energy player he loves football he's a great athlete he came to the jaguars on a a Mm -hmm. 30 visit Um, He has good length, a little light um, to be a 4-3 defensive end, but he could play that outside linebacker spot. I like Byron Young, especially at this point in the draft. I think he's a guy who could come in and
1: contribute and give them some some energy early on. All right, so I'm... I'm taking the same name player in this draft. (laughs) So I'm also having Byron Young to the Jags at pick 121. But this is the Byron Young from Alabama. There you go. So there are two Byron Youngs. So Jamal's got Byron Young from Tennessee. I've got the Byron Young from the Crimson Tide. Defensive tackle, I like him. Mm -hmm. He's 6'3", 295. He's got to get bigger to play that interior defensive line. But you add some that depth to that. So again, Roy Robertson Harris, he's back, but probably not long-term kind of guy Ooh. devon hamilton may not be long-term kind of guy he's getting uh into that rookie career i mean you've got to have some depth on the defensive line to me this line this draft is about adding as much defensive help as possible because trevor's going to grow and grow and grow and adding calvin ridley a better etn that offense to me needs some refinement but you've got to be able in a in a conference where you've got Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. You've got to be able to put some pressure on the quarterback. They were exposed last year in that divisional round game uh, against the Chiefs. So to me, all the defensive line help you can get, I think, Byron Young. The Alabama Byron Young is my pick here.
0: No, the one thing I love about Alabama's Byron Young is that he came from Alabama. And the one thing you know about those guys is that they're going to come in and be able to play NFL football Day one. I don't know how, what it, where his ceiling's at, but I can tell you right now he can give you solid snaps right. on the defensive line from day one, and then he'll figure something out. He's going to play in the league. Like, think, think about it. How many of these Alabama defensive linemen come out and they play in the league for four or five years, and you're like, who's that guy? I don't even remember him <laughs> at Alabama. That's who Byron Young is. He's going to be that kind of player. He's going to do be solid. He'll do the dirty work. He'd be a good addition to the depth for the D-line. All right, um, we're kind of getting into the weeds. This is the point in the draft where you kind of start uh, nitpicking and you're kind of picking traits on guys, and this is some of this is like, uh, what do they need? So we'll, we'll do one more, and then we'll kind of speed through the rest okay. and kind of do an, do an overall thing here. All right, so uh, the last pick we'll do a, a little bit in depth is 127. How about that? All right, uh, so I went O-line again. I went uh, McClendon Curtis. He's from uh, UT Chattanooga. He played both left tackle and right tackle. He's played snaps at guard in college. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, he's probably going to be a guard or a right tackle. So, again, versatility, building out the offensive line. He's a guy who could come in and compete for that guard spot and building the depth. So even with the addition of Bergeron, adding a Curtis McClendon is a guy who could come in and continue to make sure you have depth along the offensive line. Brandon Sheriff's getting up there in age. Tyler Shatley ain't exactly a spring chicken either. You need a backup along that offensive line on the inside. And then if you want him to compete at right tackle, whether that's because Walker Little's going to the left side or there's an injury and you have Mm -hmm. to make shifts around, he gives you that flexibility that huge dude, yeah, big you guy, know, you know, McClendon. Yeah. 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 And, um, and there's reports that the Jaguars have been checking out UT Chattanooga football <laughs> to keep an eye on this guy because I mean, he is a mountain of a man.
1: Yeah. So and <laughs> Jamal covered him back in the day Did. and
0: purple has, pounder. He was yeah. a purple
1: pounder. How about <laughs> so, that for a sky school mascot? Chattanooga good. central. So, I, I like to pick there. I like to pick there. I do stay on the offensive line here. Okay. Alabama guy for me, Emil Ikior. Okay. Uh, so two Alabama players off the board back to back for me. He's just going and, to the Alabama and, well. <laughs> yeah, again, he's a guard. He was uh, an all-SEC guard, three-year starter at right guard. Mm-hmm. Again, that's the Brandon Sheriff position. Um, just one sack allowed last season. So again, I like the Alabama. I, I'm, not a, um, I'm not a guy who likes those small school kind of guys like a previous Jaguars GM did. Um, so Trent bulky I think you, you, you stick to what you know. SEC power Alabama guy Emil Ikior for my right guard position there. Yeah. So I like that with 127. They've
0: got to address that interior offensive line depth for sure. All right, let's run. I'll run through the rest of mine, and then let you run through the rest of yours. I went uh, at 185 Went Ronnie Bell, a wide receiver from Michigan, solid player. 202 went Dante Stills, defensive tackle from West Virginia. He'd be an interior pass rusher, set the uh, West Virginia record for tackles for a loss uh, in a career. So knows how to get in the backfield, but a little undersized. 208, I went Elijah Higgins. He played wide receiver at Stanford. He'll play tight end in the NFL. He's more of a developmental flyer, and at 226, the one guy that I really like is Jose Ramirez. He's an edge player from Eastern Michigan, had filled up the stat sheet there at Eastern Michigan. Who was he playing? I don't know, but he had 18 and a half sacks in two seasons. So, dude knows how to get to the quarterback. He just needs some uh, some refinement right. to his game. Definitely an athlete. So,
1: okay, so here's my final four at 185. Back to the SEC, well, Warren McClendon. So you had McClendon Curtis. Yeah. I've got Warren McClendon. He played at Brunswick High School. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy on that line, 6'4", 305. Oh, Again, he could be a swing tackle in the NFL. Um, he will need to, to have a little bit more refinement. He wasn't a every-game starter for the Bulldogs, but um, I like Warren McClendon, Brunswick guy at 185 202 I went defensive tackle uh, Scott Matlock from Boise State they've had him in for uh, a 30 official 30 visit 6'4", 300 pound tackle again I like the the fact of kind of building for the future he's a build for the future players he had 49 tackles and six tackles for loss as a senior so again a defensive tackle who had that penetration effort um, against that run in in the past a very good uh, pick there at 208 Um, going to the Florida well this time. Justin Shorter, receiver. Um, You know, and he's not a particularly fast receiver. If you've seen Florida games, he's he's not not. a particularly burner, but he is a big body. Mm -hmm. He's a 6'4 guy, 220, catch the ball, win those balls in traffic. More of a developmental guy for me. Uh, And then the seventh round, back to the Georgia well. Kenny McIntosh of Georgia. He's a lower mileage back. He's different than a Travis Etienne. He can catch the ball. Had a bunch of catches last year, 43 for 504 and two touchdowns and a guy that they really need to find. I know they have Dearness Johnson and free agency, Mm -hmm. but to me, you need a back that can come in and be a change of pace uh, back from Travis Etienne. We know what Travis is about, but we need, we saw last year in the short yardage, fourth and one situations. We just didn't have the ability to plug it up the middle like you did with James Robinson and get those final, you know, final yard and a half. For the first down, I think Kenny McIntosh is a good guy for that.
0: Yeah, so I, I think we went we went slightly different routes, but overall it was very much the same vein. I mean, the first round we both addressed the secondary need right. to attempt to to kind of alleviate some of the issues in the pass defense. Uh, second round you went pass rush, I went O-line. Um, we both went tight end in the third. Then in the fourth round I will finally get to the pass rush um and you went defensive line as well to give the defense a little bit of juice there um and then some more offensive line depth for me offensive line depth for you after that so we were in the same vein kind of hitting some of the needs i think the needs are very well established on this football team i don't uh, the one place that you hit that i didn't get to was running back um there are some running backs that i like in the draft but i think it is a need they need to get they need to find somebody to at least come in and compete with DeAndres Johnson right. and with Snoop Connor for that position, whether that's a, a, a later round pick, if that's an earlier round pick. I mean, they brought in a few running backs for visits, uh, guys like Ty J Spears from Tulane, which would be a, a, a fun idea if they did make that draft pick. I know you like him. Hey, I, I do like him. That, I just start thinking about, like, you know, giving defense ni- defense's nightmares. You've got one running back in Travis Etienne who can go 90 yards in a drop of a dime. And we talked about this before, like this, mm-hmm. oh man, when you look at this Jaguars offense, who can take it coast to coast at any moment? Travis Etienne, they gotta have him on the field because he's the only guy who could, who could at the drop of a guy and go 90. Mm-hmm. Well, what if Travis gets tired? Right. Man, we bring in TyJ Spears, another guy who would go 90 at the drop of a dime. Like that's the, only, that's the thing that, that circles in my head is like, oh, that would be fun as, and adding to the firepower of the offense because like I said, the, going in, my balance was, while you want to invest in the defense. The Jaguars have spent a lot of resources right. on building that defense. Right. It's still I mean it was good last year, it wasn't perfect and there's still holes, but they spent a lot a lot of money in yes. free agency, draft picks, I mean two first round picks last yeah, year. Three of so, the first
1: four picks last year were. So they've spent
0: a lot of resources there and the one thing you don't want to get into the situation of is just neglecting the offense because you're like, ah, Trevor will figure it out. Right. Like, we'll, we'll get, Doug can game plan that. No, Doug needs some talent too.
1: Got to have, you gotta to have some talent. <laughs> yeah. and, and I do, I think it's, it's not, uh, you know, receiver has been kind of a, a position we beat a dead horse on for a couple of years. It's finally gone. Podcast. And yeah. you've, got a, you've got a core now of receivers. I think you've got the running back, at yeah. least the running back 1A, but you've got to meet, if your offensive line and your tight ends are not addressed, you know, in this draft, got to. day two at least, I think there that's going to be some issues. I, you know, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson said at their pre-draft luncheon that they weren't as concerned about the tight end as you know may be made out to be. They were happy with the room, and I, I just kind of I think they like Garrett not, Prince. I could not believe what I was hearing. You've got to think that's a smokescreen or. They're going to address that position at the draft because you cannot go into the no, – I mean, Evan Ingram's somebody. not even signed his franchise tender right. yet. He will unless he just wants to forfeit almost $12 million. He ain't doing that. But he's going to be back. And then after that, who, who are you trotting out there for? Who, who's the blocking tight end? I mean, who's going to be uh, in that run game helping spring blocks?
0: They liked Luke Farrell a lot last preseason. I mean, basically they made a position for him on the roster. They found a way to keep him. I mean, because think about it, they didn't need him. Mm-hmm. You already had Chris Manhurts, You already had Dan Arnold. I mean, if you think back to last preseason, there was like those one or two preseason games where they he had like nine or ten targets because yeah. they were almost right. exclusively trying to see what he could do as a pass catcher. So, um, so Luke Farrell, they they like what they've seen from him. And keep in mind, he was a blocker in right. in college, so should be fine. We just haven't seen him doing the NFL, not much anyway. Garrett Prince, I get the feeling that they like what they've seen from Prince. Keep in mind, Prince was one of like the sleeper free agent targets for a lot of the national media last year came out of uab if i'm not mistaken uh caught a ton of touchdown passes in college he's supposed to be sneaky fast and pretty good but the one thing that like tell kind of can almost give you a paperwork inkling that they like him he was on practice squad all year Mm -hmm. think about how much they turned those practice squad guys like everybody else was turning on and off they kept him just quiet locked him in and there he was so um, I, but no, you can't be confident with that no. because you just
1: haven't seen it. You, to me, you've got to you've got to spend a day two draft pick on a tight end. I think you've got to. Yeah. This tight end draft is so deep, and you know, I'd love to get a Sam Laporta. I don't know. I want I'll
0: Darnell pick. Washington. I'm Dar- not glad to Darnell If, if he fell in one the one.
1: second round, take him. Yeah, Darnell was <laughs> gone in the, yeah. the simulator I ran, but you know Laporta, great. Uh, you know Dalton Kincaid is not going to be there. You know when in, when they're picking in the second round, but you've got to get a guy from this draft who can instill some fear into a, an opposing defense with Evan Ingram out there on that field. And again, build for the future. Evans may not be here next year after this, you know, franchise. tag. They have not come to a long-term deal with him yet. So, again, I think you've got to build for the future at least. And, and to me, Luke Farrell, Garrett Prince are, are not guys that I feel extremely comfortable about going into training camp with.
0: All right, we're winding down on time. Let's, I got one question as we wrap things up. If Darnell Washington slips like midway through the second round, you trade up and go get him? Ooh, mm. that's tough. So, it's, kicking it's, some of them late picks. I know Trent Bulky yeah. loves his sixth rounders. <laughs> that's a tough one. So I, yeah, I don't know. Because he's the perfect pair with Evan Ingram. I mean, you talk about running a two tight end set. Put a bulldozer on one side. Like, let's
1: go. Yeah, he's huge. I mean, six seven. I mean, the guy is just a monster. You didn't see a lot of him at Georgia with Brock Bowers there. Mm. Um, Brock Bowers is a guy I'd love to add to this <laughs> offense next year. Yeah, he uh,
0: shouldn't be picking in the range to get but him. But that's hopefully. a good
1: question. I, I, you know, I think Ooh. if you, if you get into that you know, five, six, seven picks away from Darnell, Mm -hmm. maybe something to consider going up. If if he's there around 50 midway, 45 to 50 range,
0: you go get him. Um, he'd definitely be an interesting addition and be the perfect like second tight end. I don't know how impactful of a pass catcher he'll be. Alright, we're counting down the days of the da- draft. Don't forget on draft day we'll have plenty of coverage right here on Channel 4 at News for Jacks. We'll be live on Channel 4 and jacks.com from uh, 7 o'clock till 8 o'clock and then we'll stay exclusively on jacks.com and Plus from 8 to 9 once the draft starts. So we'll keep you up to date with some of those top picks. Hang out with us. See everything that's going on in our area. We'll get you ready for all the Jags picks. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next next time.